0: Rock and roll.
1: Three, two, one, and uh, we're live! Hey, everyone, welcome back to Let's Take This Online. This is al uh, Hajj here, Digital Hoos, as you know me. Uh, we're very interesting episode today because I have a quite a fascinating guest with me. I have uh, Nicole Smart. Thanks for being here. You're most welcome. Wh- who is? Uh, what don't you do? Because you you do a <laughs> lot of things, right? Let's say if I just read your LinkedIn title, right? We're talking about yes, corporate yes. trainer, management trainer, leadership coaching, TEDx, NLP. Indeed, entrepreneur, exactly everything,
2: <laughs> everything. Indi- indeed, I, I know it kind of looks when you when you put it that way. It looks rather bloated. No, and, if it's factual,
1: it's, it's factual. You yes, know, some, believe some, it or not, it's some, factual. Some people I realize, like, especially on LinkedIn, they love to write these extra long ones. But then you actually sure. go into their profile, they don't have much, right? Yes, yes. And, I, and those people also just drive me crazy. And I want to say, I have this many connections on LinkedIn. Yes, yes. Oh, those just crack me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so me too. Do that, <laughs>
2: um,
1: so yeah, let's just get into it. I want to know... I haven't
2: even counted how many um, connections I have on LinkedIn. Yeah, I've even looked. Okay. For
1: me, it's just about trying to connect to the right person Indeed. where I could add value and they can add value for me. Correct. Basically, right? So it's a value exchange. Likewise. I'd okay. love to get into it. So um, give me a bit of your background.
2: Well, on that note of, of all those titles. Please. so Okay, you're ready for it. Please. International Corporate Trainer uh-huh. for Leadership okay. and Management Development. Very cool. I have to throw this in. Certified executive coach. Okay. C-
1: uh, certified by
2: Marshall Goldsmith, okay, stakeholder fine. centered very coaching. Cool. And I say certified because it's very important in our industry to be certified.
1: I completely but agree.
2: We won't go into that. And then a guest speaker. Okay. So under that umbrella is 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 exactly what we do. So leadership, soft skills, guest speaking. Mm-hmm and so forth
1: very very cool so, so just back up a little bit let's go how do you get all started how do you get into first of all into wanting to get into coaching is there something that, is this something you had intrinsically growing up that you just love to work with people is that how you were
2: actually that's a true story so okay you know they always ask are leaders born are they made yeah that kind of thing i believe in both i think okay. you know in my case i always had leadership um, qualities that teachers identified in me and Mm so actually it's an interesting subject because I work with the Ministry of Education in a lot of countries and we look at how we can use emotional intelligence with Mm -hmm. teachers and help and assist children in learning to enhance their leadership qualities Mm -hmm. and so something very interesting happened to me back in 1986 okay okay so i'm giving my age away
0: no
1: worries (laughs) i
2: was (laughs) i was in grade two okay and a teacher changed my life. A okay. teacher changed my life for the this rest South of Africa, my life. In South Africa, right? In South Africa. Okay.
1: Uh, Joburg or?
2: In Gangster's Paradise. Yes. Right, it's in cool. Josie. You know what we say. Even the Rottweilers walk in
0: pairs, <laughs> just in case. <laughs>
2: just in case. <laughs> so, yes, in, in good old Josie, Johannesburg. Yeah. And a teacher saved my life. And I say saved my life because Ooh. I was an influencer. Mm-hmm as a young child okay so in to be to be able to influence is leadership whether it's good or bad true Okay, so I had an impact okay. on, on my peers. Okay. And she called me in one afternoon and… In a good way or a bad way? Well, at that point, it was a bad way. <laughs> you were a naughty child, okay. I was I was regarded a chatterbox, so I spoke too much. I was, was a very big distraction in the class. Okay. I, you know, I kind of disrupted the class. Okay. In, a, in an innocent way, but… In not yeah, you are a kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it seemed to… It, the kids kind of followed my lead. Mm-hmm. So she called me in one day and she said to me, and and it was probably the most defining conversation of my life. Mm -hmm. Because when you are seven years old and a teacher has, a teacher in general Mm -hmm. has the ability to either utilize language to degrade you and embarrass you and not on purpose. You know, it's just... By virtue of the choice of words they yeah. use, which is very much what I train in my leadership classes now mm-hmm. conversational intelligence and how we utilize words, because words physically change our brain and they trigger sure. to emotion. Nevertheless, she sat me down and she had a very candid conversation face to face, whereby she asked me, Who would I rather be? A child that influences the others positively and gets the class. To work in favor of mm-hmm. the mission, which is herself and teaching, for sure, or to disrupt the class, mm-hmm. and she spoke to me about these subjects, and she empowered me, and she said, "You have a lot of influence."
1: It's pretty complex subjects for a child, though. Very complex. Yeah.
2: She said, "You are a leader. Yeah. Kids follow you. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with this power?" Interesting. And I'd like I like you to go home and think about it, and. And therefore, what I'm trying to tell you is in that moment Mm. in 1986 in grade two, can you imagine this? I I went away and I thought, what am I going, and obviously there was more to it, but what am I going to do? Which which direction am -hmm. am I going to take this power in? And so I became a leader through virtue of like a class leader. And in South Africa, we have a thing or a title called Head Girl. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially, it's like a student representative council, but the teachers also vote for you, Mm -hmm. and you have to be academically… That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's an amazing uh, um, concept, and then you get prefects. So you have to work toward the end goal, okay, Mm -hmm. in your final year, academically, sports by virtue of popularity, uh, Mm participation… Uh, being up on stage and so forth, and then there's obviously That's really vote. Cool. It a
1: lot of great values there. A
2: thousand percent, yeah, yeah. A, a thousand percent, yeah, very And everything yeah. that the school is geared around is 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 ha- having that goal in mind. You want to be a prefect. You want to be in a position of leadership in your final year, mm-hmm. and then of course once you're in that position of leadership, you will be like in my case, I was responsible for hosting speeches opening the assembly for the teachers nice. to enter How, old were, you,
1: how old were when you were doing that how old yeah 12 oh wow okay
2: <laughs> yeah exactly okay. and um i Completely became opposite the
1: opposite of my of me being at 12. oh really yeah, I, was, I was a horrible student were you like i was a horrible student okay so i was you... just lazy did nothing uh... absolutely nothing
2: now the question is the question <laughs> is do you, do you think if you had if the model of your schooling system was perhaps mm. different do you think you would have been or would do you think there's i don't know
1: too? i don't know to be honest i think about it all the time and I feel I had to go through that, that age where I was unproductive to be productive today. I don't know, it's weird to say that, even though I was very young. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Was very young, right? Makes so sense. I feel it, it helped me to where I am today. And I, I went a different direction. I don't know where i would be today.
2: Well, exactly. Yeah. You see, all our experiences lead to where we are.
1: Exactly.
2: And in saying that, interestingly, I look back at, because now obviously on Facebook, you're friends with all your, your, your peers from school. Exactly. All the guys similar to you, who were sort of like, lagging behind yeah. when i say lagging behind in terms of being uh productive at school yeah, or being yeah. uh, you know i don't know are very successful people yeah. today so, yeah, quite so you know six of one but getting back to leadership so it all started then and then yeah, in cool. in secondary school or um, high school yes. as we call it the same applied so i was sent on leadership camps and oh, i became nice. head girl twice um so essentially yeah. i've always i've always sort of you know, being in a leadership position. That's really cool. Yeah. Very interesting
1: how, how your path started very young, very different than others. Absolutely. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I've always, and because of that influence factor, um, I really focused on, on helping, uh, and not to sound heroic, but because of that empowerment, and I thank my teacher Mm. for that, I kind of, I was always like in support of the, the, the black sheep or Mm. the underdog or the bird with the broken wing. And I'd really go out of my way to like, um, empower the children around me especially the quote-unquote unpopular ones the nerds the ones that weren't so cool you know um so i've always had that sort of i think empathy factor just to answer the question
1: that's really interesting i found i found as an adult that empathy is one of the hardest things i can i try to accomplish and it's very difficult i think i think I, i don't know if human beings are naturally empathetic or they're not or maybe, I don't, I don't know, or something you have to really learn. Because I never learned that. And now as an okay. adult, I try to do it every day. And yeah. sometimes it's very difficult.
2: But let's put it this way. What is your version or interpretation of empathy? Because I think that's uh, important.
1: For me, I look at empathy as understanding the other person's perspective. Or trying to understand their side of the equation. And for me, exactly, I, I'm tr- I, tr- I try my absolute best to do it every day. Okay. But it goes against my nature. <laughs> exactly. but i'm aware of but that i'm
2: so pleased that you said yeah, that but i'm aware of the that. premise of what yeah. i actually
1: do yeah.
2: and train but you're aware of it but
1: the... i'm aware of the fact that i don't have it but i only became aware of it five years ago
2: okay and that's what i want to know yeah. what was the trigger or the moment or the experience mm. or the person or the occasion that made you become aware
1: well five years ago i was a very different person than i was today Okay. I'm a completely different person. I look five, six years ago, and it's almost a different person. Yeah. I was not productive. I had a lot of confidence issues. I had a lot of, uh, I was not, even though I was always kind of ambitious, I didn't push myself. I loved to make excuses. I loved making excuses. Really? Easy, oh, yeah. Easiest game. I think it's the easiest thing to do in the world. <laughs> and I was the one person to make excuses. <laughs> at least I got, you're very good at it, though. Yeah, I was very so good at it.
2: you're successful at making excuses. Yeah, I
1: was good at it. Not anymore. Good job. Uh, now I, I hate excuses. I absolutely okay. despise excuses now. So I used to be very good at making excuses. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I got to a point where I hit, I hit a rock bottom in my social and personal life. And I realized oh, I have wow. to change. Wow. It, wasn't, it wasn't like something was wrong. I was just, sure. I just I looked around. I had no friends. I was going nowhere. Okay. I just was going nowhere in life. And I realized I have to change. Hmm. And it took five long years. But empathy itself only triggered a year after that. So four years ago where I was listening to Gary Vee, Gary Vaynerchuk, yes. who I absolutely love. And he yeah. was talking about empathy. And the way he looked at empathy was really interesting because he was saying that he was taught it at a very young age by his mother. To have choice every day to be empathetic.
2: This is music
1: to my yeah. ears. This is music. Tonight. But it's difficult. It's, it's difficult. very difficult.
2: It's absolutely difficult. Yeah. And when you look at what I do, just to sort of complement what you're saying, is. A lot, a lot of my training and coaching is, is centered around emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Dr. Daniel Goleman's uh, concept of emotional intelligence. Yes. And, the first and the first and most fundamental part of all of this, all human interaction, is emotion. Mm-hmm. Okay, And empathy is the, the greatest driver yeah. of, of binding um, humanity and one another. But it's self-awareness. So for me to hear this, that you've become self-aware, which yeah. is the hardest part. It's so hard. Because nobody really wants to look into that no. mirror and say, okay, "Before I worry about judging Hassan, let me look at myself, absolutely. my behavior. Uh, what can I improve? And why is my life like this? And what have I got to do?" do you know,
1: uh, Doctor Jordan Peterson? Of course, absolutely love him. So he, he, yeah. he, I'm reading his book right now. Uh, 20, uh, 12 Rules for Life.
2: Yes, yes. Right over here. There we go.
1: And um, and one of his rules is uh, make first. Was it make your own bed? Before That's you go right. out criticizing the world, and I absolutely 100%. love that. I absolutely love it.
2: And think about how difficult that it's really so is. So difficult. Think about how very, very
0: yeah. difficult that. Like, really I had really
1: to is. Sit, uh, uh, I had to literally just look in the mirror and be like, "Listen, you're this. You're one, two, three, four. This yeah. is what's wrong with you. You have to. You have to stop denying it. Accept it, and yes. then improve."
2: Okay. Have people helped you on this journey?
1: No. That's was that was way extra difficult. I wish I had help. I would have done it quicker. Oh my goodness! I did it. F- it took me five years, four or five years. <laughs>
2: And do you still feel like you rebound back or you default back to non my my natural my original behavior?
1: the original self? No, it only happened one, once this year and I mm-hmm. quickly and I was lucky enough to have a friend who checked me. Fantastic. And I think everyone should have a friend like that who can check you. Yeah.
2: And that's what I mean. Yeah. So you you have like it's similar to doing to to, to gyming, right? Yes. And when we look at behavior, so the whole concepts or premise is undoing an over rehearsed habit. Mm-hmm as Daniel, Dr. Daniel Goldman would say. So yes. let's say in your case, you weren't empathetic naturally. Yes. Or we don't listen effectively. Or we cut people off uh, when they're talking. Mm-hmm. All these behaviors that might not complement uh, constructive relationships. Yes. Okay? So the first step is to identify that by virtue of self or somebody bringing mm-hmm. it to our attention. And really, ha- be, like in, being in a state of self-acceptance and going, yeah. okay,
1: oh, wow, this is a true story. Mm-hmm.
2: Then we have to undo that Mm -hmm. behavior at a very, very primal level.
1: You have to rewire your brain. Completely.
2: So our neural pathways, and for those who are listening, a neural pathway is pretty much like a bicycle track. Mm -hmm. If you're going to ride your bike over and over on the same path, it's going to create a pathway. Mm -hmm. And behavior is a very similar thing, right? For sure. So to undo that, we need to replace that behavior with Mm -hmm. a new attitude or a new response and then practice that. And practice that, and practice that, and practice that new Constantly. behavior until it becomes normal.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, Anthony Bourdain has a has an awesome quote. May rest in peace. And he said that uh, inside of me, there's a guy that wants to sleep, eat, and drink and smoke. Yeah. And I spend every day fighting that guy. That's it. Yeah. It wasn't exactly this line. There was a sure. bit of curse words in there. I can't say. But but That's he it. and his and he basically spends every day fighting that guy. Yeah. Yeah
2: and aren't we all aren't we all fighting yeah, yeah, yeah. our own quote unquote inner demons mm-hmm. of some kind yeah. and when you really start looking at it it's behavior it's, be- it's, it's 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 feelings emotions and behavior that's what we're really fighting yeah. and that leads to poor decision making mm-hmm. or alternative behavior so it's really it's a primal thing and being human mm-hmm. is is just that it's conflict i find that the people i coach the people i train and including myself there's always an inner conflict mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But people always ask me when they say to me, "Okay, so emotional intelligence," and I'm going to use that word, or, or rather, um, self improvement, mm-hmm. self development, um, working in teams, uh, having better relationships, making better decisions, being a better person. It sounds like a lot of work.
1: It is. And as you rightfully
2: <laughs> said, you've put in the work. Yeah. But what's fascinating for me. As And I am keep going to coming back to the human being factor, is the one common denominator that drives us is emotion, mm-hmm. is our mood, is our state of being, which can fluctuate. For sure. And that's just me or yourself in one day. You could be triggered negatively by a lawnmower, the sound of a lawnmower Definitely. waking you up. And that sets your day for the rest of the day.
1: Which is a term what waking up on the wrong side of bed. Precisely. Yeah.
2: So now we're trying to work together in a corporate team mm-hmm. when we can't even control our own emotion triggered by something as simple as a lawnmower, yeah. but the, the domino effect that that has had. So I say did, to did guys… You
1: study, did you study like psychology or anything in university? Indeed. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my background is uh, integrated okay. intercultural okay. organizational communication science.
1: Interesting, okay. And
2: that encompasses organizational psychology, Very social cool. psychology.
1: And I social. didn't know organizational psychology was a, was a own domain. Indeed it uh, is. Because I don't know anything about the, the domain itself. Yeah. That's very well, cool. Well, it pretty okay. much
2: takes that your, your, your social psychology okay. norms, but takes that into an organizational environment. And it's if you think of like anthropology, the study of human nature, it's very yeah. similar to look at it like um, organizational anthropology, mm-hmm. like Dr. Judith Glazer says. It's studying human behavior. It's studying how people behave in a corporate setting with corporate rules and corporate norms. Uh, and this is really what i specialize in but i say to the guys just quickly getting back to our point i say to the guys yes it's hard work behavior and i don't like the word change personally because to change implies there's an immediate resistance Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with me i need to change but let's say you want to improve your body shape Mm -hmm. and you want to lose weight or gain muscles we can't go to the gym once and build a muscle no you know, And we know we should be eating green vegetables. And we know the advantages of antioxidants. But are we? And the same applies with behavior and wanting to become a more evolved uh, person, if you like. Okay. Is that we've got to practice the art of it every single day, every day consciously. But the danger is, much like food, so if you're trying to lose weight and you drive past a McDonald's, nothing wrong with McDonald's. I'm not knocking McDonald's. I'm just saying if you're trying to lose weight... There's a temptation. And the same applies with human interaction. Mm-hmm. We're surrounded by people who are going to trigger us negatively. So that's the that's yeah. the ongoing challenge. It could be so cultural. It could it? be the way someone speaks. It could be their tone of voice. It could be your own mood and mm-hmm. your own framework. So largely when, when I go into a corporate environment and I'm a corporate trainer, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily ticking HR boxes. And to tell you how I started, not how I started, but... Many organizations used to, to pretty much take training as there was a budget for training. Uh, we have to take corporate box, uh, HR, human resource boxes, and let's call it um, team dynamics or yeah. time management. When personally, I think what makes me successful, and I'm going to um, blow my own well, horn like, if you I like. yourself up? <laughs> no, it's really there's a, there's a people-centric element to it. When I get called in to host a two-day workshop, for example, you've only got two days and a few hours Mm -hmm. and a large group of people 10 15 1 26 whatever it might be what is my ultimate intention as a corporate trainer or as a facilitator Mm -hmm. that's for growth and development and it's not necessarily about managing time specifically and this is a just a broad example it's about attitude adaptation Mm -hmm. It's to going into that workshop and dealing with the human factors between teams Two people just don't get on, affecting the team dynamic. Mm-hmm. Wrong person in the wrong job. Poor motivation. Lack of motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, personal issues back at home, bringing that into the workplace environment, which is impacting the people around us. For sure. If you look at in a multicultural environment, culture plays an enormous role in how we're going to bring teams together or people together. Um, and I always give the example, and I say to, to, to people, Look, do you have a brother or sister? Yes, 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 I do. Are you the same? No. We have different personalities. Same place, same parents, Mm -hmm. same upbringing, same culture, same factors. Two different people. And now we want to escalate that into the corporate world and put like, you know, 16 people in a team. And we want to think the same and uh, work toward the same direction. And something so simple. Sounds almost impossible. It is. And it. Is I'm not going to say yeah. it's impossible, but it's a work in progress, yeah. and it takes an enormous. But I mean, amount when you frame
1: of, it that way, it just sounds it just sounds immense. But in reality, that's actually what happens every day. That's right, which probably answers why there's a lot of sometimes friction at work and problems and all that. Hundred yeah. percent,
2: or in society. So, yes. like you've referenced a couple of books, yeah. great advice. But can we put that into practice? Mm-hmm. And we, in my understanding, we if we don't understand the people around us, mm-hmm. we could read as many books as we want, we can watch as many YouTube videos, Mm. we've got to really understand the people in our environment and communicate from their perspective. And that's regardless, it could be husband, wife, mother, sister, or or corporate environment. Very cool. So that's kind of what I do. And that's kind of my passion is going into that workshop and really, really, W- looking at the human dynamic and the human
1: Do behavior. you set the, how many the timelines of your workshop or is that given to you by the company or this this working with you or do you be like okay, listen, if you want to work with me I need this many days do you kind of do that yourself or how's it?
2: it it it's always case by case and okay. it is very very heavily dependent on okay. on 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 and I don't like to say the word client I like to use the word partner yes uh given that we we're looking at the power yes. of words so often a partner hashtag a client will only have Two days by virtue of, I mean, if you've got your executive VPs, they've only got to take them for, yeah. 100%. So, what I do is I heavily utilize the amount of time Mm I've got to mitigate and get to the point and upskill, up-level and achieve those objectives. Okay. So normally it's like a full a full day, if you like. But I've hosted okay. three-year programs. I've hosted a three-and-a-half-hour workshop. I've hosted a two-hour mm-hmm. um, guest talk and I've hosted, you know, so mm-hmm. it is it, heavily dependent.
1: Okay. So the overall, so do you also have, do you also get, do you also, when you work with your partner or, or a client or whatever, or on a, is, it, is there an objective they want to achieve versus objective you want to achieve? And do you sometimes feel that those objectives might not always be aligned? Yes. Okay.
2: Indeed. And very good question. Yeah. The organization normally has objectives yes. based on a plenitude of reasons. My function, and, and, and this came later in my career mm-hmm. as I'm evolving and, and I'm developing, is the, the, the defining factor is I used to, the company would say, okay, these are the ultimate objectives or the outcomes we want achieved in the training. What I now do and what I now say is why? Mm-hmm. And it sounds so simple, but why? Why do you want employee engagement? Why do you want me to train emotional intelligence? And how I utilize my time effectively to achieve their objectives Mm -hmm. and their ROI um, is to ultimately, why are you hosting this workshop? Mm -hmm. Who's in the workshop that I really need to focus on? Is there a change agent in the workshop, a person that is causing conflict? Is there intercultural conflict that I need to address? What if the problem
1: is the company itself, the entity itself? What do you do then?
2: what I do then is what i is is, is, is you know you can't uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, yeah, of course, so in many cases that that's a giant and that's monstrous to take on for sure, so what I then in that case do is I will go into that workshop, get to know the people mm-hmm. and listen and listen carefully to what they feel mm-hmm. the problem of the company is and i can I can, I can only do what I can do yeah, in that workshop can, and you get and you pass on your feedback
1: and recommendation right, and then it's and this up to that h r and HR or the CEO or or the
2: VP, if I'm dealing with. But at the end of the day, people drive the organization. So in that workshop, I can't change the corporate culture, but what I can uh, facilitate is how people within the organization respond to the change mm. that's happening or the uncomfortable environment off. or the dynamics that they need to face on whatever level. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, companies will come to me and they, and they do say, yes, we've got a problem in the, the, the organization itself. And then obviously we will then work out like a self-awareness process, mm-hmm. what, like a SWOT analysis, what, what, is, what is really the problem? And let's get down to the fundamentals of how we're going to change the mm-hmm. problem.
1: Have you ever found like a, a partner or client is resistant to the things you're doing? You ever get you ever you ever get that? And how often? I'm just curious. You don't have to give me names. Resistant I don't, I don't. in what
2: regard though.
1: They don't want to accept the truth of the situation. So I, I worked in many corporations, worked in many companies, right? Yes, and yes. I always felt as an employee is that a lot of times when we have these trainings and stuff, it's it's literally just tick boxes. Indeed. And I and I always felt that those companies did not really want to change. Sure. The management really did not want to change. They just want to. Be, they just want to come end of the you'll we'll Be like, yeah, we did this many workshops for you guys, yeah, and yeah. or sometimes we did all this for you. We want back something, right? Like sure. they want more productivity, right? But you, that toxic environment is still there. Yes. So as I from from yeah. So from that side, I I'm wondering if from you as an outside trainer coming in, do you ever feel that the organization is just there tick boxes, and no matter what you do, you don't feel that 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 impact will be there because of the of the senior management not just not caring.
2: There have been cases like yeah. that. There will always be cases like that. In it's many cases, those, man. they they aren't. But again and again, what is this basically coming down to? And you've used the you used the word yourself. You said the management. Yes. And so
1: it has to be top down.
2: It has to be. It has to it be. Ideally, should be well. It should be actually three hundred and sixty up, down, top. Yeah, yeah. But yes, indeed, it should it should filter
1: down. But like the, I feel, the upper management really needs to believe in it not just think that I, I this this I'm going to right. I'm bringing an analogy of like uh, things I've worked on when I work, when you work on things um I don't know that that changes a a, a company right or like or does a shift or a transformation or, or okay. whatever if upper management does not truly believe in it no matter Correct. what you do it's never going to achieve what you want it to achieve 1000% it has to be it has to be driven by a top management
2: yeah. so I've in right I've workshopped uh, or hosted many workshops mm-hmm. where the participants are not of that particular management mm. level and they say oh my goodness nicole i wish my manager was in mm. in this in this workshop i wish he or she could be listening to this because ultimately what's going to happen is they're going they, they, they come out of that workshop very inspired mm-hmm. very driven and then Bokra or tomorrow is another day mm. and they go straight back into that toxic exactly. environment and nothing really yeah. changes so as a consultant when i consult companies we do have this discussion that it's. It has to come from the top down. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing more and more and more of that happening, to be perfectly honest with you, especially in this region. That's
1: good. Yeah, I've seen it too, It's it's
2: Really, there is a drive from senior management Mm -hmm. to, because at the moment, what's happening is I'm training, I often host like a three-tier training. So the juniors, intermediate and advanced, Mm -hmm. but all with the, and that's where I come in and I say, there's Mm got to be one objective Yes, we've got so, so that we're working in okay. the same okay. direction. Okay.
1: But I do agree. There has been, I feel, especially in this region, there has been a change or at least a want to change. Indeed, or transform. For example, for my, end, I'm, I do digital transformation for my company, and yeah. that only started because the senior management saw the need to change. Thousand percent,
2: yeah. and. You know, human resources is, is really in some countries in this region is relatively a new concept.
1: I agree. I think also it's a very underrated concept and I think yes. it's a misunderstood concept. So I've been, I'm in this region, I don't know, six, seven years now, and I feel that HR, I think it's one of the most important um, functions in a company, but the one that is treated with the least importance. That's what I
2: feel. <laughs> and shame. Always, often, everything is their fault. Uh, to, uh,
1: yes, and that's unfair know. to them. When, all, when, all, yes. when, when the wheels come off, it's cyclical, right? The, people want to blame them, and then they feel that no matter what they do, they can't do anything. So it kind of comes cyclical. The one thing, sorry, I mentioned Gary V before. So, one thing that I really respect about this guy, because he opened a company, a media company, and yep. my background's media, so that's why I relate with him so much. Okay. He made uh, the HR, he called, her, he called her the chief heart officer. C H O, and he and he made her the the most senior person after him okay she beats out the COO, she beats out the CFO she beats out everyone because he realized that people are the most important thing people drive and the really organization yeah, and, and it's sure. as
2: simple as that and I mean I work in 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 industries that are very technical
0: mm-hmm.
2: out here a lot of sort of mm-hmm. uh it's technical mm-hmm. in many cases not all but even if you're working with a machine, even if you're stuck out on an oil rig in the middle of the ocean, yes, it is a human being at the end of the day mm-hmm. that is interacting with one another. So it is all about that being people-centric. Mm-hmm. and But more importantly, what I've noticed now, and where, where I sort of come into this as well, is that human resources aren't, aren't, cannot be entirely responsible for managing the human resources. That's true. And so what's happening now is that the line managers mm. Are an extension of that because they're dealing with the human resource.
1: So that means they need but equal training.
2: They need equal training, but that and equal comprehension of yes. the role we play. Yes. If you were my manager, you're not a manager. Manage management's a function. Mm-hmm. Leadership is the emotion that you 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 would be the father of my team, so mm-hmm. to speak. Okay, every single person is an extension of human resources. Whether you are part of the team, whether you're a subordinate or not, it's human resources. You're dealing with another human being, Mm -hmm. and it's all about your attitude, your participation, your response to change. Sometimes we can't change the organization, but we can certainly alter how we respond to our Mm -hmm. environment. Mm -hmm. And that is what it's all about, because it's how we as individuals collectively choose to respond to the environment that we're in. Some -hmm. organizations are going to take a lot longer to shift, they're thinking, but I've seen some rapid change in organisations where CEOs have come in and really. Sh- I recently worked with a, f- a phenomenal company. The CEO came in. He called me in. We 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 brainstormed the real core values. But what I really liked about this particular um, leader is that he stripped all those values at mission, vision, statement, mm-hmm. because in some cases it means nothing to nobody. Or well, it doesn't mean anything to anybody yeah. because it was created by someone somewhere up the chain and it looks great on looks the on website. Paper, yeah. And what we did was we stripped the mission, vision, and the core values. We called for a phenomenal workshop over a period of time. And he called every single stakeholder that could possibly participate in this in and remember, it's multicultural. Oh. So what do words mean to different people? Not, oh,
1: okay. I okay. Think about that, yeah. What does that mean? When
2: you say integrity, we say honesty or commitment. Commitment to you could be 70%. Commitment to me could mean I work 12 hours a day instead of nine. Yeah. Commitment to you is that you don't break the rules. So what is commitment to you? We stripped everything down. We recreated these, these words, these values, and everybody had to come up with what it meant. We dissected it dissected what it meant to each and every person. It was astonishing.
1: Well, shout out to that CEO then.
2: Phenomenal leadership. Respect,
1: absolutely respect. Proper respect. And
2: it was astonishing what integrity meant to A, B, C, D, E, F, G person. And then we gave it meaning. We gave it concrete meaning. And then we put um, sort of like a mandate into place Mm -hmm. on how we're going to live these values every single day in every decision we make when people are not watching. Mm. You cannot believe amount of transformation that that's transformational leadership yeah and for him to sit and listen to a junior junior subordinate and the way he listened and was phenomenal and that was leadership so nothing is impossible if everybody's committed to the ultimate cause that's
1: very cool so let's outline a bit so basically you uh, you you don't just work in the G C right? Are you are you focused here? or you also do projects outside? Oh no, I'm global, okay, absolutely so, global. So you, but I've
2: spent a, I've spent a good ten okay. years in the GCC.
1: Awesome. So you basically go around the world working with organizations on achieving a common goal to basically transform the people in the organization towards in, in terms of leadership and and also management, management and emotional intelligence. If you want to put it that way, right? Absolutely, okay. and all the
2: soft skills mm-hmm. which fall under leadership and management Mm. development but if i may i like to now refer to it as which i read quite recently and and i can't quote the author of this um it's not soft skills. These are critical skills. Yeah, I was going to
1: say these are not soft skills. And you
2: said yourself in the opening of our discussion is that you had a very different upbringing or schooling system mm-hmm. to say what I had. So in many cases, I'm not saying mine was better or worse. No, no it's just different. But that discussion with that teacher was a soft skill. That was an attitude-based yes. discussion that we had when I was in grade two. And so we, we've all come from different places and soft skills, creative and critical thinking, problem solving, decision-making, mm-hmm. strategic thinking. Uh, presentation skills, the amount of people that struggle on all levels. I mean, I'm talking our, our coach, CEOs, VPs, mm-hmm. on talking in public. Mm-hmm. This is a it's a fundamental skill to be able to influence and persuade if one is not feeling confident enough. How, how do you bridge the gap from being a university leaver and entering the, uh, the private sector or the workplace environment if we don't know how to handle ourselves in an interview? So, there's so much that I do. So, I even work with universities mm-hmm. to prime um, students, university leaders, on what to expect in that workplace environment so we can expedite the transition wow, that's really into cool. the workplace. That's awesome. I think that's yeah. something
1: very necessary.
2: Totally necessary. And I it wish really all helps universities did that. Exactly.
1: I wish. Oh, yes, yeah, so important. Uh, don't you, I have a question? Because you, hmm. you, have, you have a, you have a, a view that goes outside of this region. And I've only worked in this region, so sure. and I've only, I, I've, I've been educated mostly in this region. I did my master's in London, but my main education was in, in the GC, in the Middle East, right? Yes, yes. And I realized, Do you feel because our region, maybe because upbringing before, was always focused on skills that were very either mathematics, physics, engineering, architecture? You know what I mean? Yes. yes. Especially when it came to. I don't want to be gender biased, but especially with men, sure. right? Um, and women as well, is that we're all pushed towards that specific kind of career. And all the career, creative careers were never given that much importance. They were always like, you, you know, study math and, you know, do a minor in that one because, you know, sure. math is where you should. Like, for example, I was always pushed towards math and physics. Okay. And I, even though I love math and physics, I didn't realize I had creative skills until later. In life, I right, hear you. such as uh, public speaking and and writing, I only realize that later. And this very conversation exactly. is proper creation, exactly. You know, so, so my focus growing up and my friends were always very focused towards you know mathematics and physics. Do you, you feel this region has that general trend? I know it's not with art making right? um,
2: In my experience, yes, mm-hmm. you you're you're 100 correct That's from the people that I've spoken to and the amount of time I've spent here, which is 10 years. There's definitely that push into that sort okay. of. Uh, logical, mathematical, scientific That's
1: very field. Cool. Yeah, In saying
2: that, I've seen a lot of now evolution, hence, the I've need for training and development I've is seen to. Massively is to create because it's, what's quite interesting is if you really stop to think about this when we go to school the average school and i'm going back to the primary years teach us things like maths science mm-hmm. language these are critical skills we need to learn but very little attention is paid to drama um virtual uh, speeches presentations group interaction it was and, always
1: something you can do on the side like extra yeah. if you want if you have the time exactly. right it's not that core exactly yeah.
2: and then suddenly you, so you've got what, 15 or 12, 15 years of being pushed into that sort of like grade-based thinking. And then you get to the workplace environment and you hear words such as, all right, teams, let's think out the box. Okay, yeah. awesome, creative thinking. Guys, give me ideas. And you've got a group of people going. But for 12, 15 years, I was never taught to or allowed that free yeah. expression. What are you talking about? I must think out the box and be creative. So now more and more with training and I've noticed, believe me when I tell you, when I started my training career in the Middle East in 2000 and Ten,
1: okay. eleven. Did you start? Was, did you, was it your starting point here, Dubai, or is it a different country? Uh, no, a different country. Okay, I
2: the, it, everything was sort of very mechanical, like you say. Mm-hmm. And now with training and development, I can see a complete different um, expression and evolution. No, I, I have fields. seen a massive and, and change.
1: From, massive change from if you want, like the late nineties, early two thousand, till today. And so I know the generations after us, the the Gen Z, for example, are. Yeah. I feel now there's more. There's now importance given to those skills that were not given before. That's it. Which is, which is, which is refreshing. Good for them. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. if
2: you look at these critical skills, soft skills, they're all people related. Completely agree. And that's the bottom line. And as, and as, as human resources gains more and more momentum, mm-hmm. the critical skills that I'm involved in becomes more and more important. Mm-hmm. So so yes.
1: Let's let's uh, uh, change it up a bit cuz you you mentioned it, you've been mm-hmm. working in the region for 10 years, which is awesome. That's right. Now, I know that, you know, a lot a lot of the countries as much as there's changes, always also there's a lot of old school industries and there's a lot of old school countries. Obviously, you're know. a woman and how, how how much how difficult has it been sometimes to going to countries in agency, in the Middle East yes. and being a woman having to educate CEOs, powerful CEOs, men who sometimes don't want to listen to it? Have you have you ever felt that? Maybe maybe I I feel, <laughs> I like like ten, ten years right. So let's say ten years ago, I'm sure it, w- it was not the same as it was today. How much no. how, how much what's? I don't want you to be good at specifics, but I'm sure, sure there were times where that was a factor. Gender was a factor. Indeed. Okay.
2: I've 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 had moments where gender has been a a barrier, mm-hmm. if you like. To to effective workshops or effective interventions or, or communication. So
1: how do you deal with that? Because I'm sure women are going to be listening, and even today there's there are going to be situations where women there's a there's a gender problem, right? Where where women might either be passed on for a, for a position or maybe not given the the time or the importance. How how would you how would you basically help those women or help them understand to be in those situations what to do?
2: Look, obviously I need to be uh, uh, I, I need. To, the position I'm in yeah. as a as a public figure and dealing obviously in this region, I need to be careful not to 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 to, to categorize people and, and so, yeah. make these statements. So I'm going to go back to your original question. I've actually been quite um, I've been on a very positive side, and I've I've had men been in this region yeah. and worldwide been very receptive to That's my. Awesome. Um, Position, if you like, of of, of authority in a workshop Adjustment. or in a situation, in many cases, and I get a lot of requests by demand that a woman please kindly be the facilitator. Okay, that's really good. I think by virtue of my own personality, perhaps uh, the different circumstances in 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 the workshops or the the different circumstances in the company and their co- corporate culture, I don't take umbrage or mm-hmm. offence to to. Being a behavior specialist, if you like, I'm, I'm well aware that we're driven by um, our upbringing, we're driven by culture, we're mm-hmm. driven by our understanding of the world, mm-hmm. we're driven by perceptions, we dr- we're driven by these things. So when I walk into a situation, I, I walk, I really am not loaded with ego or in anticipation, mm-hmm. and if a man were to hypothetically try to um. Uh, I don't know what the right word would be, to discredit me in, yeah. in the name of being a woman, I I, don't, I, don't, I think I don't rise to the bait because mm-hmm. I really do understand where that's, that's coming from.
1: That's empathy there. Yes. That's the power of empathy. I, yes, yeah.
2: you know. And I think that's what makes me e- effective because it's sort yes. of... It's, uh, I have to understand human behavior in order to assist people to evolve past that. So if I'm going to be sensitive, and believe me, not only gender... Um, you will not believe the things that I've heard or have been challenged with over the yeah, years. Sure. And it's quite interesting being like, I'm coming back to a point about women, but as a facilitator, and I've got an audience of 16, 20, 25 people in workshop, the shocking things that come out of people's mouths for whatever their intent and reason is, either to provoke one another in the workshop or to get a rise out of meat or to see how mm-hmm. I'm going to handle something or it's just their nature.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You will never believe. And it's quite interesting because then the entire audience looks at me to go, what are you going to do? Like, there's a silence. Like, How are you <laughs> gonna, ha- going to handle that statement or this situation? So, I think I've had a the very positive ha- experience. And
1: probably the way you handle situation teaches yeah. them how to handle future situations. That's it. Yeah.
2: And, and part of the whole you know, self-awareness factor yeah. and becoming a better communicator is self-regulation. And also, managing bias.
0: Mm.
2: Okay? So, albeit, like you're saying, men and women in the region… But this is worldwide. I mean, I've just come from Europe. I've hosted a workshop in Europe and I never heard the end of the glass ceiling effect with women. The woman in this workshop was so um, passionate about um, men in their corporate environment that I eventually had to say to the ladies at break, I said, girls, can I ask you girls a favor? There's only like four men in this workshop and there's like 10 of you.
0: <laughs> I get
2: your point and I understand it. But ladies, let's not emasculate the poor men in this mm-hmm. workshop. I understand where you're coming from, but we cannot butcher, so to speak, these poor men in this workshop. So I, I have to be very, mm. very delicate how I handle situations. That's very okay. So getting back to your question about ladies. Mm. It so happens that I've managed to build a good reputation about being a um, I host a lot of women empowerment workshops. That's awesome. Okay. Or oh, and it dep- and again the word empowerment can be quite offensive or empowering yes. depending who's listening to that exactly word and what yeah. it means to them. But empowerment in the sense of executive presence and executive visibility mm-hmm. and to be able to work very closely in corporations with ladies who say there's a glass ceiling or I can't there's tokenism meaning to the, to the listeners, basically, we can't get past a certain level of management mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're ladies, or we don't have a voice, um, or we in, or we outnumbered, or by virtue of culture, it's not within our culture to stand up mm-hmm. in a in a situation or a setting, and that's. Bec- and the the truth of the matter is, we have to also just accept how things are too. Mm-hmm. We can't also change overnight. So for the ladies out there. We, It's like anything in life, there's an an evolution. And I think in order for acceptance broadly from men and women Mm -hmm. in the workplace, is when we try to overstate our dominance, because sometimes we need to, because we feel we need to be, Mm -hmm. we're then discredited.
0: Because a
2: woman will often be deemed, she's aggressive because she's dominant, right? Mm -hmm. So part of what I do is to actually help the ladies that I work with to create an executive presence, own your space, you don't have to say too much or to raise your tone of voice mm-hmm. to get that sense of yeah, acceptance cool. and authority. But we've the first thing is acceptance, to accept that this is the way it is. I mean, I'm from South Africa and it's a very different background. But I, when I was in my twenties, worked in atypical male dominated mm-hmm. industries. And it was earth moving and construction and back okay. in the twenties oh, wow, and yeah. stainless steel and aluminium. This was, and when I say like I'm one woman against a dozen men at any given time with uh, rammers and earth-moving machines and excavators, and and so I had to learn my uh, not my place, but understand the culture of things, and it's how a woman is going to respond to that is going to gain her that That's credibility. I hope I'm answering that correctly. No, that,
1: no, that, I really like that answer. Actually, uh, I think I think it makes sense. But I'm also really happy to see that there has been a conscious change. I think totally, and it's really good. And I'm also, it's really great to see. There's a lot of now um, companies are hiring. Uh, yeah, female CEOs, and now there's a lot yeah. of good for them. No, more power to them. You know,
2: it's interesting as well is when depending. We broadly speak about the GCC or the Gulf, okay? But as you know, like like Africa, Africa is Africa, but Tanzania is not the same as no, Uganda It's so is not diverse. the same as South Africa. So the GCC is made up of different countries, same faith but different cultures and and norms, mm-hmm. right? So in some cases, I'm actually brought into companies to cool the engines of ladies and to, like, sort of uh, dispel their sense of entitlement in some cases, believe that or not, and in other companies I'm brought in to allow them, not empowerment as to to be dominant, but free expression, Mm -hmm. confidence. One of the interesting factors um, that that I've noticed with us ladies is guilt. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: We feel guilty. We feel guilty because we have cultural obligations, we have family obligations, Mm -hmm. we're wives, we're mothers, We're aunties. We have to respond to particular expectations, uh, attend every wedding hypothetically, and attend every function, and so forth. And at the same token, we'd like to be career women. And a lot of women deal with guilt. How do I? But I have the support of my husband. So that's not the problem here. How do I balance Mm -hmm. the brilliance of, because you have to put in the hours. Of course. And I'm astonished at how phenomenal these women are in this region, how they... They can handle things that I couldn't even There's handle. some boss
1: ladies in this, in this industry. Proper. Yeah, yeah. They
2: go out there. They're career women. They're seismologists. They're they engineers. A, a, and then they go I've home reached and out to a, a couple of uh, female
1: parents. CEOs. And the reception has been awesome. So hopefully I'll have a couple of female CEOs on the podcast. Because I'd love to hear about their journeys as just well. phenomenal stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like it's they blow awesome. my mind. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: And also, I must just sort of… Um, I just want to add on to something. When we look at leadership… This isn't always about, when, when I train leadership, it's not always leadership to become the manager. It's leadership to to actually become the best version of oneself. For sure. So a lot of what I do is is actually about being your own leader and already behaving like a leader, even if you're a subordinate or if you're in a junior position. And not to wait yes. for that position of I agree. authority to I behave agree. that way.
1: You so, don't need to be a manager to be a leader. 100%. But all managers should be leaders. Have to, and that's the, that I think, are family beliefs. and that is something I have always had a problem with Not, not because, uh, my problem was always this I don't know if you feel this is that I feel so many people in management or senior management or, or whatever kind of, of, of leadership roles do not have the skills to be leaders because right. I feel the way we we employ or the way we promote people is wrong here I don't know how it is in the rest of the world like I, remember, I don't know sure. but I remember for example working in media I'm, and this is always I've always been very outspoken about this when I first joined media I was like alright cool you're going to be a planner now then in a year you'll be senior planner, yes. and then in two years you'll be manager, and then <laughs> yeah. in four years you'll be director or whatever. Yeah. And I always felt it was always time based, and it. and I've always had a problem against. I'm like, why are things here time based? What if I achieve the leadership skills, the knowledge, the skill set, the contacts to go from planner to manager? Why do I have to spend the four years? And why does someone who's a director not have leadership skills? Because they're all been time based promotions. That's it. Don't you think that's a problem though?
2: It's a challenge. Yeah. It can be a challenge. But it works both as a double-edged sword, mm. and I fully agree with you. Um, again, out in this region, it depends on it depends on the nature of the, the organization. Yes. Remember, if it's sort of like a matrix system, or if it's that archaic system where yeah. one thing leads to another, I, I, I hear that in a lot of technical companies where you've been an engineer for a certain amount of time, so you've earned your cred, so you automatically automatically yes. become the manager now but do you don't have, have leadership you, you, you skills how you to manage lead a team 3 4
1: people and you have no leadership skills that's it
2: and then we have our generation which wants to which do have that that, mm-hmm. that capacity and should not be subjected to having to wait the years and climb the ladder Um, And I fully agree with Mm -hmm. you. But again, you know what I mean? It has to be handled correctly. It has to be
1: be handled correctly. It it, it could go go in the wrong way. I I completely agree
2: And then you've got the other problem or concern is when the young guns come in and they want to be manager or leader tomorrow. And sometimes you do need that that, that qualified by experience factor. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it has to be handled very carefully. It has to be handled correctly. But I do agree with you that But I'm seeing a lot more flexibility with companies Mm -hmm. sort of saying, how do we manage... Because a lot of what I do is you've, I've got guys who've, or, or participants or employees or team members that have been in a company for 25 years. And then I've got the young guns coming in who are full of ideas, full of energy. I mean, change for us. We're, we're a lot more um, exposed to change now mm-hmm. than they ever were just oh, by virtue sure. of the world around us. Everything's changed. Sure. Food changes, music changes, uh, cars change, everything, yeah. technology. And how, how are we going to like balance that integration is largely what I do. That's so yes, cool. it's six of one and it's very dependent. That's okay, cool. But there's, there's, I need to yeah. just add this in. Please. In my 20s, I was frustrated immensely. Oh. Let me tell you something. I was miserable in the companies I worked in. Not because of it wasn't their fault, but because I had this hunger and I used to yeah. realize I've got these skills, I've got these skills, and I cannot believe that I'm being suppressed and disregarded and I always felt the sense of frustration mm-hmm. that I was never taken seriously enough. And um, Is in it because, quote
1: unquote, you didn't have the the years of experience. Yes. Okay. Isn't
2: that tragic? Because right. when you're in your twenties, you're not taken seriously. In your thirties, generally speaking, now I'm just j- broadly speaking. Okay, you're there, you're there, Mm. you're okay. You hit your 40s, you're like proper. Now you're the the it person. 50s, you're the boom. And then 60s, you're redundant. It's quite sad. So I work a lot of people, the youth's expectations and sort of just like, it's okay. Because I wouldn't be as successful as I am today if I just climbed the ladder.
1: That's true
2: back in the good old days I had to take the hard knocks I had to eat humble pie I had to feel like it's inferior grime. I had to feel invisible in meetings yeah. I had to be shot down by the managing director in a meeting and mm-hmm. embarrassed for me now to understand yeah. how to help organizations you played the long game I did
1: yeah I, did. I, don't, I don't think enough people focus on the long <laughs> game I used to be a person only focused on the short game now I only focus on the long game that's it yeah. well a little bit of both yeah
2: you know, so again, it's it's you, there's no dif- there's, you can't define it, and I think some people's careers are expedited quickly, and others. Why not? Sometimes you're also in the wrong company. That's true. And, and wrong environment. Wrong environment. Wrong industry. Wrong industry. I completely agree. You know. Right, oh, cool, cool. And you know, the best saying is you d- you often don't leave your company, you leave your management, That's and that very is why true. the power of leadership and management so That's so important.
1: Very cool. Okay, yeah. um, I just wanted to jump to one thing because this is something that I've I'm interested in, but I know absolutely nothing about. Okay. Let me
2: guess, Neuro Linguistic yes. Programming. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it.
1: Uh, only time I ever remember this, mm-hmm. I read a book eight years ago, The Game mm-hmm. by Neil Strauss. That's it. And it talks about NLP, yep. but I never understood the subject. Okay.
2: Why, di- why did you not understand it?
1: I just, I just never really dove into it, I think. I think I kind of just like glazed over it. Only until now, I'm sorry, I but I still have not dived into it yet either. Okay. So what is NLP?
2: What is NLP? Well, essentially, okay, there's a double-edged sword to NLP. Okay, One, NLP is a very, it's like how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go with this concept called Mm neuro-linguistic programming? But at a very primal, basic, and fundamental level, it's neuro-linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. Now, for the listeners out there, our brain functions and is made up of neurons, Mm -hmm. okay? These are what makes our brain function. Linguistics is our language. And we, as human beings, are programmed to think through language. For sure. Okay, so I speak English. Somebody speaks French. I wasn't born English. I was taught English. So I've made sense of my world around me Mm -hmm. through the use of what words mean and what they mean to me and what they trigger emotions or they Mm -hmm. trigger or create neurons or neural pathways. Mm -hmm. So NLP is all about at a very fundamental level, how do we alter or change our use of language both to ourselves and in conversations to alter the neural the neurons or the response mechanism in something else? It's all about reprogramming our brain at a primal level very to sure. be more positive, be more effective, to be a better communicator, mm-hmm. simply like what you did with your empathy factor you've you've had to. Recondition. You've had to use yes, the right to rewire language, my brain. and that's all it is. It's rewiring your brain. A lot of people, you're, as you read deep in, into NLP, it goes into many versions of hypnosis, yes, and so forth. And I don't really want to discuss that no. whole because that's a whole that's new whole subject. Okay, fine. And, but you um, teach
1: NLP from an organizational um, leadership kind of approach, is that what you do? Hundred okay, so percent. Really, what, that's your focus. That's my focus. Okay.
2: What words are we choosing to use? That are going to change the outcome. Now, if you'd love to explore the subject at nauseam is Dr. Judith E. Glazer, and okay. she's come up with a concept or the theory called conversational intelligence. Mm-hmm. And to me, and that comes down to our neuroscience, how our brains, chemistry is 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 really driving our emotional state. So how are we communicating to co-create? Now, there thing- I don't also want to go too deep into this because it might confuse people, but our brain's chemistry is made up of different, if you like, hormones, mm-hmm. such as cortisol, which is our stress yes. hormone, serotonin, our happy hormone, testosterone as our power hormone. Now, we're not talking about hormones, male, female hormones, yeah. we're talking about our brain's chemistry. Yeah. And a word, if I had to say an offensive word to you right now, you're going to instantly react. react. Very true. And right there, you're cortisol hormone has just basically been released yeah. like an injection and so words trigger these um, mm-hmm. response mechanisms so neurolinguistics linked to our neurochemistry and neuroscience is an absolutely fascinating can
1: science. you can you teach yourself to not get triggered by certain words? Yes you can okay because there are words for example I hear in the workplace it just I, I just realized they just piss me off they just I just just get triggered and I didn't, <laughs> I get shocked at why I got triggered. Yeah. And it's just a word.
2: It's just a word.
1: It's just a word. It's a sound that came out of someone's mouth that just for some reason get, get, it instigated a reaction from me. 1000%. So how do you go about in an organizational or um you know environment how can you basically get rid of that that trigger to a word or a reaction? How, how how do you go about it?
2: How do you not react, is that what you're yes, asking? Or how do reass- you not upset other people? No, how do you not react? To, how
1: do you not react to that word that just always triggers you? Because in your end, because all that happens is that response you get only makes things worse.
2: Exactly. Yes. Well, first is identifying it. Now it's not to say that and, and this is where things can become massively complicated when,
1: mm. when we discuss
2: this. In order for us to become more effective communicators, we need to be the ones to have to kind of stretch our capacity to mm-hmm. respond or not respond to the mm. people around us. So to
1: take control of it.
2: To take control. Okay. So I'm not saying that be, because especially in this this region, th- there are values and norms and principles that we do not want to cross lines with. Yes. So if this word is testing your value system, that's a different discussion. Yes. But if it's just a word that triggers you because of who you are or and some
1: history or whatever, so, yeah.
2: What's in it for me?
1: Mm.
2: W-I-I-F-M.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Is it necessary for me to get triggered by this word, and who who is from whose mouth is this word mm. coming? And let, let's say you and I work together, and I use particular words, which in often cases is not even conscious on my part. Yeah. I could be saying something that's triggering you negatively. You've yes. got two choices. You can confront me, you can react uh, negatively, you can explode back, you can be annoyed, you can walk off, you can, or alternatively, You could say, hang on a moment, let me get to know my stakeholders. Yes. Who is Nicole? Where does she come from? What is her background? What makes her tick? Does she talk like this to other people? Is this just normal? Is she conscious of this behavior? And when you start understanding me Mm -hmm. or the person around you, you can become a better communicator because you'll understand Nicole doesn't mean that when she says that. Yes. But again, it depends on what word we're talking about. I
1: like, I like to take it by default. I try to play devil's advocate and just assume that the person is not trying to be malicious. hundred percent. That's what I try to do first. Exactly. Yeah. I also realized one thing that I do, and I'd love to hear your point of it, is that I used to be a person who used to keep all, all my emotions in. And I used to erupt very, in a very negative way. Yeah. But the last few years, I started, I, I, I just got a journal. I just write Go every ahead. day. I got a journal nice. and I just write about my day. And for example, that specific day, I got very triggered and I and I yeah, blew yeah. up. Okay. I wrote it in my journal, and then I realized the fact that I even just said it, even though it's, I know it's quote unquote, out, it's not out loud, but I counterized it out loud the fact it's not in my head anymore; it's on paper. Yep. A similar situation happened again. I did not get triggered because I feel like I addressed it, because I kind of addressed the situation, but by, by I just if I felt if I just kept it inside, yeah, that would just repeated it. Indeed. Yeah,
2: and you see, so you asked, can you? can this be remedied and yes. the answer is yes you just have to find the mechanism mm. and the outlet that's going to help you mitigate and manage your emotions now when you when you listen to what you've just said do you see how words are linked to emotions yes
0: again?
2: okay so you chose an outlet such as a diary yes uh, you've you've from the time we've had this conversation, you've already indicated to me that you're a person who likes to read information. You're quite yes. a logical guy. You want to see it, and now you've gone and written that emotion. So it's very similar. It's like exercise. I don't like the gym, so I like to swim. That's my outlet.
0: Yes, So for
2: all the all the listeners out there, it's it's very important that we find an outlet to yes. what triggers us and, and make sense of
1: it. You have to find what works for you. Hundred percent. Yeah.
2: Or you might want to address the person kindly or not address it. Some some things it's and you know what this all comes down to is trying to understand the environment in yes. which that person is operating. And I'll give you I'll give you a funny example. again,
1: empathy. It all comes down to empathy, 100%. doesn't it? It's how important is that skill? And
2: it's so hard because it's so hard. What this all comes down to is we I always say that we have to try to walk in cognitive third party. So yes. if you can well, try nice.
1: I like that way you put it. Thank you. I'm going to use it. (laughs) Okay, good. Cognitive third party. I really like that.
2: Cognitive third party. So if you really have to think about this, okay? Let's just stop for one sec. Our perception, the way we perceive and feel and think and view the world around us, is based on who we are. And it defines our reality. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say that there's no such thing as perceptual reality. Mm -hmm. And so... Just to break it down for the listeners here, what I'm trying to say is we will approach life, a situation, a circumstance, a discussion, a meeting, from our emotional, psychological point of view. And if you can think of your brain as a filter, it filters information very quickly. Mm-hmm. The brain, uh, studies have shown that the brain is incredibly smart, but it's also very lazy. It, won't, it's, yeah, very true. it doesn't want cognitive dissonance and overload, which it already has from signs and music and noise yeah, and all these things. It wants to get to the quickest point as fast as possible. So I say something, and that goes through the filter, age, race, education, background, faith, who you are, who you aren't, your exposure, your anger, your mood, all of that, and out pops your emotion. Okay. So when you stop to think about that at a very primal level, People who are listening to this uh, discussion, some might think, you know, that was the biggest waste of time. Mm -hmm. These guys are talking rubbish. Somebody out there, inshallah, hopefully, will say, this was fascinating and amazing. Who's right and who's wrong? Mm -hmm. Of course, the person who said it was amazing is right, sir. Of course. But but neither party is right or wrong. And that is when you look at the power of marketing. Why do companies have Mm. to spend millions on marketing? Yeah. To alter our perception favorably. So getting back to cognitive third party. In order for us to become effective communicators is to stop physically envisage yourself climbing out of your own body. And by the way, guys, I have my eyes closed as I'm saying this. She does. I do, right? (laughs) (laughs) And try to look at yourself, try to visualize yourself from outside. Actually, watch yourself physically from outside of your body. Hashtag, from the perspective of somebody else's version. And if you can try to put that in practice throughout your day, throughout your life, it's been shown that we can become more effective communicators because Mm -hmm. we're seeing ourselves from how other people are perceiving us.
1: That's something I completely completely agree with. And it's hard work. It's very hard work. But I think that… it's possible. I I think that… All of us should make always a very strong attempt at becoming empathetic. I think the second I've started, even though again, again, so it goes my nature, but Indeed. I've been actively trying to do it, it's made my life so much better.
0: It has,
2: I'm sure.
1: First of all, anger triggers have almost completely gone, which is very important for me. Okay, I, used to, I, used to be, I used to be a very angry person. <laughs> now I'm a very calm person in general. That's amazing. Yeah. But I'm always, but I'm, I'm really glad also my wife, she is naturally empathetic. Okay. So she also helps me a lot.
2: Well, look at that. Yeah. We are the company we keep.
1: Yes, for sure.
2: And in your case, alhamdulillah, yeah. you, you have a wife who can, you know, sort of yeah, yeah. be that sounding board, that reminder. Yeah,
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really good. So, I, always, I always say, always try to surround your people. Always tr- try to surround yourself with the right people. It's so important.
2: It is. The right
1: and oh, and be aware of who you are. If you if you are not empathetic, you, okay, it's okay to I, say it. Indeed. I realize it's 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 yeah. wrong to hide it. It's better for the moment. I started saying the thing, the faults I am. Yeah. The more I I became actively trying to work on them. Yes. You have to, just have to say it. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not naturally empathetic. Cool. What can I do to learn to become empathetic? A thousand percent. And just do that every day. And
2: what I love about you and this discussion is that and 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 for those who who aren't you don't have the privilege that i have to be actually looking at this mm-hmm. gentleman okay he's very passionate Appreciate it. his eyes are lighting up right now okay he's he genuinely means this yeah. he's, he's looking me straight in the eyes saying these things yeah. um and it's it's to identify these things all but there's cultural challenges to this For i sure. obviously deal with cultures who really battle just to do a swot analysis their strengths and weaknesses because it's culturally inappropriate to want to um advocate yourself as being amazing and brilliant True. and or slander yourself exactly but it is important listeners because if you know your own strengths you can play on that and enhance those strengths and if you know your weaknesses which is or challenges it's it's, it's a good thing
0: mm-hmm.
2: because then you can know and it doesn't mean you have to change it just means we have to adapt I completely agree obviously we want to become empathetic but i just want it's very important if you don't mind if i can Please. just say something yeah? Okay, because this is something I'm asked a lot, broadly. We're not suggesting that we need to change. Okay, because a lot of people say to me, you know what, Nicole, I have to change, and I have to change my personality, and why must I change, and why must I become better, and why must my boss not put in the work, or my colleague put in the work, or my wife put in the work, Uh, and all these wonderful things. Why me not them? Why me not them? And the reality is, if we want to alter an outcome of something, if you if you pour a cup of tea and the tea is too strong what are you going to do drink the tea that you don't enjoy or are you going to put more milk in it so you have that choice and it's this very similar concept with our behavior we we in a conflict situation mm-hmm. I'm not getting on with Hassam. We, we we're locking horns let i can't change him by continuing to be the same way yes but i can alter my approach toward son or toward you by putting in a little bit more milk in Mm -hmm. my tea, in our tea, and hopefully that will change the response from you. So you did change, but I'm the one who triggered that change. Yes. And it comes back down to who wins or who gains? Yes. Me. Because I've now had a more pleasant experience with you.
1: Yes, I completely agree. That's accountability.
2: So for all those people who who are out there, and and and, and I want to very much emphasize this, okay, because people say to me, it, this makes me feel like I'm acting. And we're not talking only about empathy here. This We're talking about behavioral change. Yes. Uh, then I'm not my true self. Then I'm acting. Because you're going against
1: your natural self, so you feel like you're almost being a fraud. 100%. I my,
2: my answer to the, that is very simple. Are you the same person at home as you are at work? Mm. Are you the same person with not. your best mates, uh, watching a movie, or sitting in a coffee shop than you would be when you go to a function? Of course not. so if we can adapt so naturally and automatically that's indicative that we alter our behavior i'm not in saying a given be someone you're
1: not just be be the different version that you already have in you 100 yeah. percent.
2: much like an octopus yeah. one brain multiple tentacles
1: yes i like that that's you a know? good one that's a good analogy and
2: those tentacles guys means multiple behavior yeah. and
1: response mechanisms. one thing you mentioned i really like is you said that own it right so for me yes. it's accountability 1000%. is also something that i've been actively working on i think it's one of those things that's also very hard to do. Yeah. Like I'm trying I'm getting I'm trying to get to the point where everything becomes my fault, even though technically <laughs> it's not my fault. Yeah, yeah. By doing that, then I could do whatever I can to make it better.
0: Uh, you know So even if I'm working like on a, a project
1: that I don't I'm not the project lead and something goes wrong that's not me, I try to imagine, okay, well, let's it's my fault. What yeah. could I have done or what can I do to help that? Fantastic. Yeah. It's a difficult one to do. It's difficult. It's very difficult.
2: But what you're doing is setting the example. Yeah. Sometimes you're taking on too much ownership, but by taking yeah. on ownership is a very, very mature decision. Yeah. And what is your contribution in within the mix? And nine times out of ten, what I found when people start doing that, other people start observing that behavior.
1: Mm-hmm. That's and very true. Responding very in true. a very similar way, it's like actually mirroring. Exactly. Exactly. People, of ways. yeah, people see that you're doing something positive. I think human beings are naturally good. I'd like to imagine that, right? Absolutely. And when you see someone doing something positive, I'd like to think that most human beings would want to uh, emanate that and do the same. Mm-hmm. Hopefully.
2: Hopefully. Yes. But I just want to, can I quickly touch Please. on the subject here? Two things. When we talk about these behavioral changes, now, for example, I'm a public performer. Yes. And another factor, and, and I say this, um, back in my 20s, I was a film actress. And a master, and, and to this day, I'm actually a master of ceremonies, like an event hostess. That's cool. And I study television presenting. Oh, very nice. And so forth. And I do voiceover recording. So I've got a natural flair to perform. And I was on television commercials and so forth. And I also owned my own casting agency, which is a talent management mm-hmm. agency. This is South Africa, right? In South Africa. Yeah. But I was never really satisfied. I couldn't really get the reciprocity. Out. I mean, yes, you're in a movie, and it was great and stimulating and exciting, but then it was over. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't combine my intellect with and my ability and my passion for psychology and commerce with this creative Very side that I had, and it brought me immense frustration. Please believe me. So even know.
1: at that point, you're an entrepreneur. Yes. You're an actress. You're doing all these great things. Yes. But you still felt not satisfied. Not in satisfied. Life. Wow, that's really interesting. <laughs>
2: I can't tell you the depth of dissatisfaction I, I, I went yeah. to into my 20s. Hence why I actually landed up in, in Dubai in the first place, yeah. which is quite an interesting story. However, with that, with that said, now that I look back in hindsight, I'm able to be in a position in a in – a, in a, this is not a job. It's an extension of who I am, mm-hmm. okay, where I can train, educate, be educated. Mm-hmm. Remember, every training intervention, I'm, I'm, I'm learning.
1: Because it's not all for about me sure. dispensing
2: information. It's a value exchange. It's a value exchange. So I've got this fantastic gift of reciprocity, where I'm in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, my audience is participating, and I'm learning, engaging, and talking. And the kicker for me is I get to stand up in front of an audience of 500 and give a speech or a talk, or two people or whatever. So I'm a performer, and I put on awesome. one. Enormous performance in training, very high energy, very high impact, and what's it's really all about cool, pleasing my crowd. What's really cool, you can
1: actually either. see the effect of the things you do. Yes, because even if you leave the company, even if if you leave working with the company, even leave the country, you can always look. You know, you can always you know look at the news. So you yeah. can always see their 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 newsletters and see if there's any even change from there, and you can directly see the impact you've made, which must must feel must feel awesome. That's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm sure.
2: Now, getting back to what we were originally saying, right? So. It's sort of like we're mixing up subjects here, but this is quite critical. I'm coaching a gentleman in Africa at the moment, okay, Mm. and he wants to become a better or more effective manager. Very cool. However, he has norms, personality norms, that he's finding difficult to alter because they're going against his natural, not his value system and principles, that's where we draw the line, or faith or religion, goes against his natural grain. Like you said, Mm. you were not empathetic and you don't know how to not be. For your reasons. Yeah. In this case, and we we discussed this recently, and I said, look, it's not acting. You're not acting to be someone else. But let's use me as an example to maybe simplify this. There are days, what what is my role and my function as a corporate trainer? I come into a classroom of complete strangers, a workshop. Yes. I have to look the part, dress the part, appropriately manage my body language depending on the culture and the audience. Mm -hmm. If I'm wearing um, local clothing, I I have to change my body language to suit the style of my clothing and the culture. Um, I might have to speak fast in certain environments, slow in certain environments. There are days when I have a headache. There are days when I might not feel like being there. When I'm feeling nauseous and sick. Where I might have a challenging person in my class and he's going at me. Or I might have had a fight with my mother last evening. However, my role and my function has to go on. And at no point in my day, from 7 o'clock that morning till the time I walk out of that workshop, to the time I get into that vehicle and Mm. home, can I drop my body language for one second? I cannot go onto my cell phone. I cannot slump my shoulders. I cannot sit with my legs crossed. I cannot drop. It's not a facade. It's the function and role that I'm in. I'm playing and being, not playing, I'm being the role of a facilitator and trainer which is true and authentic. However, it doesn't stop me when I get home going, that was a wild day. Yeah. Now, why I'm saying this to people is that when I walk into a workshop, people have that expectation of me. I'm the star of the show and I better perform. Now, let's translate that back down to the listeners and with the fact that we were talking about being a manager, being a leader, being a better communicator. We're all performers. So take that concept and perform mm-hmm. like you need to in your workplace environment until it becomes automatic mm-hmm. and natural. And when you get home, then you can be non-empathetic if that's who you want to be or not a good les- listener or whatever your idiosyncrasies are. But when you're in that workplace environment, perform, be the role. That's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say.
1: Well, I like, Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Well, I, I like to look at it this way. Please tell me if you agree or disagree. Certainly. When I when I when I see when when someone tell when I like I like the, the analogy brought, or the, the the example of the person you're training who goes against his love and his natural inclinations and he feels like he's acting. Yes. Because sometimes I used to feel like that sure. when I when I have to do something that I am not naturally adept at. I feel like am I am I faking it? Is this all a show I'm putting on, or is this? So I realized something that and I'm sure I think you agree to this is that that you have to, first of all, be aware of, of the faults you have. Indeed. And you have to truly want to change it. You have Indeed. to believe, you have to be passionate. You have to, this is what I want to do from all my, from every bone in my body, I want to change. thousand percent. Once you do that, then you're not actually faking it. You're just doing a, an actual attempt at being a better version of yourself. So it doesn't even, it's not even acting. It's not not, not acting. You're not doing something, you're just, it might feel like it's, it's, you might feel like you're a fraud, if you want to put it that way, but you're not. But you're not. You're just someone who's trying to change something that you want to change. Correct. But if you don't believe in it, I don't know how effective it will be then. If you have zero, like if you do not believe in it at all, like you're just completely, purely faking it and it's not from the heart, I don't know how sustainable that is.
2: Well, absolutely, because then it's not authentic and therefore it won't be credible and therefore it won't be believable. So, and like you said, if something is uncomfortable initially, the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. Mm -hmm. Exactly like gym. And getting back to that point, you know, exactly. If you go to the gym twice, you're not going to build the muscle. And initially, you don't want to do gym and you're tired and it's exhausting and you're unfit. But the more you do it and the more practice and the more you put in, your body starts responding. It becomes natural and you can lift 10 kilos and then 20 and 30. And so it goes. Same with our behavior. And And I think what's important here is just to acknowledge that that (laughs) eventually we're we're all performers. It doesn't matter which way we want to look at it. Sometimes we go to dinner party with your auntie and uncle and you don't feel like being there, but you put on the smiles and you meet and greet and is that is that yes, it's false, but you you're doing it for the right reasons Mm -hmm. and eventually you have a lovely evening.
1: Yes so, so you, you'll be surprised to end up being. A, yeah, decline.
2: but you're quite right. It comes down to wanting something. It's yes. a cost-benefit analysis. If you don't see the purpose of why you need to alter your behavior, then the then the, the motivation mm-hmm. is not. You need to want to be. The motivation will drive the change.
1: Okay, interesting.
2: Or drive the improvement is maybe a better. Word. I
1: like that. All right. Uh, just quickly change the subject because I think we are slightly running out of time. Um, I would like to know, and I think. Uh, I'm very interested as a marketeer. Is how how do you market yourself? How do pe- how how do people even like b- besides contacts of how do you how do you put your name out there?
2: Wow, it's a good question. Um,
1: how do people like? How do people know that you're there and they can hire you and they can work with you?
2: Well, okay, good question. So I've been out in the region for ten years, yes. and I think you so know you have a good contact base. I have a great contact yes. base and um great credibility factor because I don't regard myself as just a trainer, and I don't go eight to five and runoff, I really do give. So I yes. think that word of mouth has spread and I believe in what I'm doing. I actually sure. believe in it. So I think that emulates. As an international corporate trainer, many things have happened. So through various sources of, of, of a such as LinkedIn, mm-hmm. which is a professional network, people get to see yes. Um they're exposed to the places that I go to in the workshops that I host. Do you run ads? I don't run ads you should I know, I should do a lot. But I've been Alhamdulillah, I've been very blessed yeah. with, with we'll we'll with...
1: have an offline chat about this. So I, I my background is advertising. I do digital media. I've okay, been doing amazing. that for six, seven years. Amazing. Um and as as even though you're doing I think I think you're doing a great job. You're killing it. But Thanks. I think advertising is so important.
2: Well, listen, everybody needs a coach and everyone needs yeah. guidance. <laughs> so I'll certainly speak to you about this offline. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, what happens is obviously the clients that I work with will obviously call me back because of the credibility factor. That's great. But just to the, do you ask the, it for
1: reviews or any kind of uh... I do. I ask okay, for
2: testimonials. I ask for um, references. Excellent. LinkedIn has been a powerful source of my LinkedIn's marketing. And I
1: think it's very um, underused. And people End need to it. use it more, and it's very. Effective. I'm sure you've seen the effectiveness of it. Thousand yeah. percent.
2: Instagram, I'd love advice on how to yeah, build sure. my network, network base, but a lot of people have contacted me on Instagram. That's great. But then there's the other side of the hunt, and the hunt is I do contact
0: companies you go directly. Out there. You knock doors.
2: I, hunt, I knock doors. I literally knock doors, yeah. and I'll give you a prime example. And this is insight into. Hmm. Okay, so the United Nations. I worked with the United Nations wow. in Geneva, in Switzerland, very and cool. I trained leadership and um, or advanced leadership Mm -hmm. to diplomats. Came through back to Dubai and um, I literally Googled the companies that I wanted to work with, Mm -hmm. companies that I felt that I want my brand to be associated to. I'm talking about uh, training companies Mm -hmm. here. And I contacted them, sent them my biography and I said, can I come and see you? And I physically got into an Uber, rocked up and introduced myself and we had that candid um, discussion. And they said, fantastic. That's awesome. Other companies contact me out Some people say no, some people say yes. And then at this point, alhamdulillah, and I say that with, with enormous gratitude, companies are approaching me and I haven't had to advertise. That's great.
1: I think proactivity is something very important. And I think that people need to be more proactive. Yes. I think we all wait for something to happen. Thousands. You just have to. You've got to go you out there, to. you've got to. Yeah.
2: So you, you asked me about initially when we spoke before. Yes. And as I an sp- entrepreneur. Yes. As a, there's, a, there's you've got to hunt for what you want.
0: I completely agree. Put
2: yourself out there agree. and whether it relates to guys at a very primal level losing weight, go and hunt ways to lose weight. If you want to become a leader, manager, find ways to do it. Learn, uh, contact, whatever. If you want to get a job, you don't hide behind the covers, get out there, expose yourself and please eradicate the fear of rejection.
1: Yes, completely agree.
2: And as a film actress, believe me, I was told you're too pretty, you're too thin, uh, <laughs> too you're tall? too fat, you 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 look too old, you look too young, you're not mature enough, you have a mole on next to your nose. Um, yeah. But no, 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 no. Brilliant exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. No, 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 no. Brilliant exactly yeah. what we're looking for. The amount of no's I've received have made me more um, qualified, have made me more resilient.
1: You should love the no's. Absolutely. Love the no's. Accept it.
2: And it makes the yes even exactly. sweeter. Exactly. And I want to bring this back to my TED Talk. Yes, okay. we have
1: talked offline about it.
2: Okay. Uh, I hosted a TED Talk last year. Yes. TEDx Musket Live.
1: And we spoke about this over the phone.
2: We did. Yes. And... The one thing I want to just put out there is I, I often ask my audiences and I say to the guys, how do you think I got the TED Talk? And they'll say to me, well, you're known and everyone knows you in your market and they see you and you're out there and you've got the brand and so forth. And this is something that's quite intimate. Um, but nevertheless, I said to them, I asked for the yes. TED Talk. And guys, what I basically did was I, I wanted to do a TED Talk. Yes. This was my ambition and my passion. And I contacted, contacted Ted and I rang them up. I sent them an email and I said, Can I kindly yes. do a TED talk? And guess what? The answer was Yes. Yes. La. Well, actually, no, no I'm sorry. The point being, I had to have the credentials to do the yeah, TED of course. talk. I had to be worthy to do For the sure. TED talk. But, but they're not going to come to you. Then they could have, but they didn't, and they might not have. Yeah by virtue of going out there and just they could Definitely. have said no sorry you don't fit the grade and that would have been okay
1: That's, yeah. I but it agree. would never
2: have happened guys if I, I, I didn't agree.
1: ask Yeah, the public speaking I do the, the panels I've done you know? the article, the, even the first time I got into an article I asked I asked hey I'd like to be in the article I want to run an article they said okay sure when I wanted to be in a panel I've asked I want to be on the panel they said sure yeah just go, you have to go just, out there. It's not going to happen. Uh, it's just not going to happen like that. You have to get out there.
2: Especially in this competitive market. Yeah, exactly. Go out there, ask the question. Exactly. And even if at a very fundamental level, like if, you, if you're standing in a queue at a bank, it's quite interesting. Let's try this, okay? I'm not saying it's 100% science or, or anywhere. If you actually ask somebody, excuse me, do you mind if I stand in front of you because I'm running late or something? If you actually ask someone directly something, often they will, yeah. they'll often not say no.
1: Don't abuse that, everyone. But,
2: uh, no, I'm not saying that. But it's the
1: power <laughs> of asking is quite I, phenomenal. I totally agree. All right, I want to wrap that up on a yes. very positive note. Okay,
2: but don't use that. I'm not saying it's. No, don't out use that. Okay, that. Guys,
1: but okay. I want to. I want to know how can okay. So how can people reach out to you? How can you? How can they find you? Please.
2: Super. Well, they can find me on the following social media platforms, which I'm sure you're going to assist me with. Yes. One being LinkedIn. Yes. Nicole Smart, my website. You have, you have
1: great content on there.
2: Thank you. Your oh, thank your, you.
1: your activity on LinkedIn is awesome. Everyone check her out for sure.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate yeah. that because I do try to I don't try but I mean it, thank you. No, it works. Okay. It works. That, that's
1: how that's how I, I got in touch with you. You have good content.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Exactly. I'm I'm really really yeah. moved by that. It's good to know. Um, my website, nicolesmartinternational.com.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Instagram, nicole.smart.international. And, of course, my YouTube channel, Nicole Smart. This is starting to sound narcissistic. Oh, and it's, of hey, co- listen, it's a
1: personal brand. We're the brand?
2: <laughs> That's my brand. Okay. And, of course, um, TEDx must get So, through all those plat- platforms, my contact details will be readily there
0: available. There you go, guys.
1: So, whenever you guys need anything, leadership, coaching, NLP, I don't know. Personal life empowerment, coaching. Yeah, life coaching. Basically, anything. Executive you coaching. If you want to improve yourself as a person, reach out a thousand awesome percent. and uh, that's it from us guys and uh, you guys can find me on Digital Hoos Instagram Twitter LinkedIn al Alhaj I am very active on there uh, you'll also find all my articles all my panels on there as well anyway thanks for listening everyone before uh, you please. take
2: off I would like to thank you oh thank you for this opportunity and it, it's opportunities like this and we, t- we talked about reciprocity this has been such a wonderful experience. No, it's been for me. an awesome conversation. I've had a really. great time. So thank you for reaching no, out. No, thank you to for me. your time. I'm, I'm very, 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 very appreciative to oh, be here. I appreciate HB, that. Thank so you so much. You.
1: All right, everyone. Uh, this is uh, let's take this online, it's and nice. uh, we're out. Thank you.